Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to Guys in a Mic Show, indeed, at TalkZone.com, your 24-7 internet source. All kinds of programs on this semi-dysfunctional uh, internet source, known as the 24-7 TalkZone.com. The coach of the Big Dome with you right up until 11 o'clock, talking sports and more. Plenty to get to. The Olympic countdown hath begun. We'll tar- start taking a sneak peek at uh, some of the... Olympic Games, some of the athletes competing. we got baseball action heating up now, the all-star break in the rearview mirror as we seek ahead to the pennant race. And at least we got one Chicago team here that might be uh, involved in that particular pennant race. Got some basketball news, got some news off the sports page, and sadly enough, depending on your perspective, maybe happy enough, no obituary of the day today. Nobody famous passed away. A little bit of music from producer extraordinaire David Olson, and then we'll kick this sucker off. Much occasionally, uh, David Olson, I know you are a social media guru. Big dog Joel Radwanski, somewhat of a social media uh, guru. Not quite at the level of D. Olson, but occasionally. On rare occasion, you get some wisdom, something that hits home a little bit. I'm uh, working through all the little Twitter feeds here on the uh, Two Guys in a Mic website, and I saw something that said, uh, don't practice until you get it right. Practice until you can't make it. Or can't get it right. Interesting. I like that philosophy. David's giving me a confused look. I'll explain that one in a second. Big Dog, do you know what they're talking about on that? I have no idea. And that right. doesn't make any sense let to me. me. Well, let me explain it a different way. Often I will do ball handling drills with a basketball team. Okay. And a lot of times at the end of the ball handling drills, I will tell the kids, uh, you know, if you if you fumble the ball, if you made a couple of mistakes... That's a good thing. If you didn't drop the ball, if you didn't make any mistakes, if you didn't, you know, make a miscue or, or fumble up, you're probably not pushing yourself hard enough. In other words, don't go to your comfort level. In order to get better, you have to go to your discomfort level. So that tweet again was, don't practice until you get it right. Practice until you can't do it or you get it wrong. I like that. Does that make any sense whatsoever at this point? Yeah, it does make sense now, Coach. <laughs> All right. How are you, Big Dog? Oh, I, I, I'm doing pretty well, Coach, except for the, the horrible Cubs loss yesterday. Uh, oh. Real interesting, interesting evening yesterday. So, mm-hmm. Well, I do want to hear about that, and let me preface it by saying, let me throw our phone number up. By the way, we're back to our regular phone number, 888-463-6748, 888-463-6748. If you want to check in any sports news out there, any topics, me and the Big Dog, more than happy to uh, talk to the fine listeners out there. Feel free to call up. Dog, this will be our final show together because I'm going on an extended uh, nine or ten day leave. Our final show for about ten or eleven days. I will miss you, my friend. Uh, do you do you have fill in hosts? 
for the most part, no. We're working okay. on it. We're okay, working. we'll see what we can do then. Yes. Yes, indeed. All right, what happened yesterday related to the Cubs game? Oh, no, 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 nothing related to the Cubs game, Coach. I just woke up and found out that they were no longer the hottest team in baseball. Oh, yeah, that happens. See, what happens, you see, you started watching again. When you were too busy to work, too busy to watch, they were doing fine. So I, I didn't get to see yesterday's game either. All I do is work, Coach, legitimately, like from mm-hmm. start to finish. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was the first day that I did not work, and uh, and uh, I, I went out on a date night. Wow. And I watched some French movie made in Italy with subtitles at some little tiny theater. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> what a night. So you were with your Asian girlfriend yes. watching a French movie in Italian subtitles. So no, it was made in Italy. Oh, made in Italy. But it was a French right. movie. So you are very uh, internationally cultural after that particular experience. Yeah, so I was with my Asian girlfriend with mm-hmm. English subtitles watching a French movie made in Italy. Okay. A burning hot summer. <laughs> and it was and it was about uh, infidelity and liberalism. I couldn't, I, I mean, honestly, quite honestly, I could not believe I was like, there's something, I, this is what I'm wow. doing on a Tuesday night. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, you'll be getting a lot more of that in the next uh, three months with the November elections coming up. Infidelity and liberalism, two of the probably top five themes we'll be hearing about for the next three months. So well, get, get used to I would to much it. rather be looking at the, the girl and hell in, in, than Mitt Romney or Barack Obama. Let me just put it really? that way. Well, you know, I, I I'll, let me throw a little uh, curveball into that. But, uh, you know, when, and David Olson, I'll throw this out to you, our political pundit, when have we had two more pleasing to look at presidential candidates? He's a little stiff, but nevertheless, good-looking guy, Mitt Romney, and the extremely charismatic, wonderful smile of a Barack Obama. Might be the best-looking matchup we've ever had. I don't know, Coach. Not that that means uh... anything, but... You know that that's that's an awful tough one because I mean when you whenever you have Bob Dole it just raises the level of play a little bit. Okay, amazing how Bob Dole became so much more likable and as he became more likable, became easier to look at once the elections were over. Right, especially for Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, the the Viagra commercial might have had something to do with it, but. Uh... Yeah, I mean, that, that's a guy, I mean, you think of JFK, very pleasing, charismatic, you know, easy hey, to look at hey, president. He ran against Nixon. That's and my Nixon, point. But Brutal. Let's, let's, Nixon was a good-looking man, okay, besides the fact that you couldn't trust him. Nixon was a good-looking man? I was joking, oh, okay. Coach. I, was, I, was, I was certainly hope so. Dick. Certainly hope so. By the way, along with your international cultural uh, theme that you had yesterday, I still have my... Uh, my very poor taste jokes, which insult just about every nationality. Oh, please! I need to hear them. Can I throw, I, I, all right, I'll throw a couple at you here. Okay. Uh, one of the I'm reading off a sheet here. One of the other questions that I missed on a test was to name one thing commonly found in cells. It appears that Mexicans were not the correct answer. Uh, there's a new and again, you know, we we. Cut down everybody here, folks, so uh, please do not take this personal. I'm just reading off a sheet. I found a little bit of humor into it, probably extremely politically incorrect. Uh, there's a new Muslim clothing shop opened in our shopping center, but I've been banned from it after asking to look at some of the new bomber jackets. Thank you very much. Yes. 
Being a modest man, when I checked into my hotel on a recent trip, I said to the lady at the registration desk, I hope the porn channel in my room is disabled. To which she replied, no, it's regular porn, you sick bastard. <laughs> oh, that, that's nasty. Uh, all right, so we got the Muslims, the Mexicans, and the disabled. Let's see who else. The Red Cross have just knocked at our door and asked if we could help towards the floods in Pakistan. I said we would love to, but our garden hose only reaches the driveway. Not doing it for you, huh? You know, you know no, no, no. There's, there's much more flood on the other side of India, not in Pakistan, but in Bangladesh. <laughs> okay. Don't get technical with me, young man. No, All right, let me, let me uh, do a gay insult, and then I think that that's a pretty good to start the show. I think we've insulted not everybody, but I think, you know, maybe 74% of the fine human beings that cover the uh, planet Earth. Just a rough No, estimate. no, we're way short. We're way short. Really? Yeah, come Dis- on. Disabled? Muslim? I mean, Muslim, you're covering a lot right there. Mexican, Pakistani, and... All right, now we uh, get to the gay generation. A buddy of mine has just told me he's getting it on with his girlfriend and her twin. I said, how can you tell them apart? He said, well, the brother's got a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. How about them Cubs, Joel Redwanski? I, I have no idea. I guess they lost 9-5 to five yesterday. Yep. yep. Uh, El Panamea, Carlos Lee, Grand Slam home run. He is a Cub killer, is he not? Carlos Lee is on the Marlins now. With yeah, the, who did I, the Astros give up for him? i got to be honest with you. Before the series started, I didn't know that either. Apparently, they were having first base problem. Who would they pick up to play first base? Um I guess Carlos Lee. No, well, no, at the start of the season, they had a guy there. You know, I mean, the whole free agency oh. pickup, they spent a whole lot of money, including on the new manager, Ozzie Gain. And as you're well aware, the whole Miami thing not working out thus far. Jose Reyes, you are a friend of mine, but uh, the first base thing did not work out. So they brought in Carlos Lee just like a month ago, I believe. Uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago, they traded for him. Mm-hmm. Two minor leaguers. Yeah, if you're a Latin player, Ozzy wants you. It doesn't even matter if you're any good. Well, don't forget, Ozzy's the one who got rid of Carlos Lee when he was with the White Sox, I think. Uh, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, they uh, yeah. once they get rid of him, they just uh, Astro signed him. Mm. Now, he, he's not going to be a Hall of Famer again. He got the Grand Slam big hit, Miami Marlins uh, and the Cub hot streak by beating him 9-5 to yesterday. Travis Wood gets blown up, I think, in the uh, fifth inning. Bad outing for him after four or five good ones, but... He's not a Hall of Famer, Big Dog, unless you care to think he's got a slight no, chance. No, I, no, he's he's not a Hall of Famer, but he's a really good player. I yep. bet you he'll end up with 1,500 RBIs, which is mm-hmm. incredible, Coach. Yeah, he's been doing it for a long time. He's a, he's a really good hitter. I, I remember when I was working at Nike Town, so this had to be it like during the 1990s, okay, and, you know, his nickname, uh, Hawk Harrelson gave him the nickname El Caballo. Yep. Okay. And he was at, I was like, you know, I don't like El Caballo that much. And he's like, what's wrong with this? I, I just don't like it. He's like, I, I call you something else. He's like, what's that? And I'm like, the Latin clubber. He's like, I don't like that either. And he just walked away. <laughs> okay. So I, mean, so I was like, all right, whatever, Carlos Lee. Yeah. So, I will tell you, and I think you can remember this, in, in the early days when they put him out in left field, and he was not a left fielder by trade. In, in well, he's been defense. a left fielder all the way up until two weeks ago. Well, no, not when he first came up. Not when he first came up. I don't think so. But anyhow, the first three, four years, 
He played left field for the White Sox. If you were coaching a Little League baseball team, you would not want anyone under, say, the age of 12 to watch a fly ball hit to left field. He was a baseball coach. Stratomatic did give him the fielding rating of five, which is four. <laughs> it's the worst. If you know anybody out there who's a Stratomatic player knows that that is the worst that yep. you could possibly get. Yep. He got better. To his credit, he's not going to win any gold gloves, but he got, and I won't even say average, but he got respectable, at least in left field. He did work at it a little bit. Well, when you play left field in Houston and it's only 204 feet down the line, mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of room to cover, Coach. That's a good point. Is Houston the one with the uphill center field? Yeah, that the Tells yeah. Hill, they have that. Yeah. And oh, I used to love watching uh, Craig Biggio plant space plant himself right in, in the middle of, the, <laughs> yeah. of that hill. That was awesome. Yeah, some sadistic stadium uh, groundskeeper put that puppy in. They that, also they had a piece of concrete that was in play in left field, and somebody broke their ankle hitting it. Mm-hmm. And they eventually took that piece of concrete out because it was an Astro that broke their ankle and not an opposing uh, mm-hmm. team. I mean, come on. I mean, a shot to center field, it's hard enough to chase that sucker down anyways. You know, if you're a center fielder, you got to be an arguably the best defensive player, maybe along with the shortstop and the catcher on the team. So it's hard enough to cover the vast center fields of Major League Ballpark without putting a little uphill climb right in the middle of your sprint. Yeah, and don't forget the, the foul pole. I mean, excuse me, the foul pole. The flag pole that's in play on the hill. Sick. Like I said, some sadistic uh, field manager out there, or uh, field groundsman. By the way, for Carlos Lee, Grand Slam number 17. When I first heard that, I kind of let it pass, and then, you know, like a like a, like a backwash, like backsplash. The aftertaste came and got me. That's I don't know where the record book is, Big Dog. You've got a better knowledge of that, but 17 Grand Slam, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's, it's really good. It's, uh, it's way up there for the all-time yeah. ranking. It, uh, Lou Gehrig has 23. It's the most all time, but Alex Rodriguez mm-hmm. is right there, coach. He might even have tied Lou Gehrig. All I know is I have nothing against Alex Rodriguez, but you know, he did take performance enhancing drugs and Lou Gehrig doesn't have any more records left. Mm-hmm. I don't want Alex Rodriguez to hit another grand slam the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. And I, and people look at me, oh, you're a hater. No, I love Lou Gehrig. Look at think of it a different way. That story, his story is incredible, and I want him to have at least one more record. Mm-hmm. The only other record he has is most RBIs in a season by an American League player. Mm-hmm. Well, by the way, speaking of uh, performance-enhancing drugs, I'm right with you, by the way, on the thoughts on that. I would uh, prefer uh, Mr. Garrett to keep that particular record. But uh, on the topic of performance-enhancing drugs, bad news for our listeners in Germany, particularly Luxembourg, Germany, big dog, the pride and joy. Luxembourg, Germany? You mean the country Luxembourg? Luxembourg's a country? Oh, my gosh. I thought Luxembourg was in Germany. No? No, Luxembourg's a country, coach. But our fine folks listening in the country of Luxembourg, I'm sorry. By the way, um, I am certified to teach geography to six. Oh, that's good to know. Grade six through two. I don't know if the certificate is still eligible, but... um, I was a social studies major, able to teach geography to high school uh, kids across America, big dog. Yeah, that's, that's hey. well, they give you a job in the Chicago public schools. Hey. All you got to do is tell them you're a Democrat, and they'll yeah. give you a job. <laughs> a comforting thought, I'm sure, to everybody out there. I still remember after I was about to get my degree from uh, U of I. I was a phys ed major. And like the last semester, my uh, advisor said, you know, hey, oh, by the way, 
you know, strictly by happens, you're one subject away from being certified to teach social studies as well. My friends kid me about this all the time because as you just found out, my geography is not very good. So I took that, you know, whatever that extra class was, and I got myself certified. Fortunately, for the youth of the Chicago area, I never did teach it, but I am certified, and I don't know if the certification is still there, but that just shows you, Big Doug, we all think our teachers are experts. Don't kid yourself. Not necessarily so. Oh, I, I, I have come to that conclusion well, well before the, the, the Lux, and not, I'm not on you, but on everybody. I would have to say some, there were some teachers that I, that I swear to you had no idea what was going on when I was, when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Not but, so much in high school. But you but, realize but it then? See, I, I think when you're young, you, you think your teachers are like, you know, godlike. No? David Olson shaking his head. All right, well, maybe you guys are of a different generation. Uh, yeah, we are. We, we we graduated high school in in 1990. Even though I consider myself old school, I really do. But I okay. I never thought of my teachers as godlike. I I ended that as soon like as soon as they started keeping me after school mm-hmm. for detention. I, <laughs> I found out you know I wasn't so happy about that anymore. I think it is maybe a generational thing. Maybe godlike's going a little bit too far. But I think my generation. There was more acceptance of the the dominance, whatever the word I'm looking for, of the teacher. In your generation, there's a little bit more skepticism. I had respect for the teacher, but yeah, not like I didn't think like they knew all on everything. Mm -hmm. Miss Brassington did, and Miss Tigerson definitely did. Oh my God, Miss Tigerson did. Yellow, yellow. Good morning, Vietnam. Huh? 1984, many shirts were in, and thank goodness Miss Tigerson was trendy. Miss Tigerson. Interesting. Interesting, David Olson. Are you uh, of that agreement that you're, or you, you had a thought on uh, the, the the respect or the admiration uh, or skepticism of teachers? I had respect for the good teachers, the ones that cared, the ones that tried, the ones that actually taught something. But I had way, way, way too many teachers that were just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I'm talking from, and I could recognize that from like the time I was in fourth grade. Fourth grade, I had a terrible teacher. See, I don't think we questioned as much. So you realized that, not looking back, but even at the time. Even at the time, I knew I had a terrible teacher. I I will say this, though. When uh, teachers got a lot more respect, like, teachers got paid better compared to everybody else, Coach, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. It's like, like, in the 1980s or 90s, it was like a fallback career. That might sound bad or vicious. But and in some way, it shouldn't be. But I have to say that the lack of pay for teachers has kind of like hurt mm-hmm. not their ability to teach, but drawing people that really wanted to teach. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's it's not a sport, but we are going to have a uh, unbelievable confrontation coming up, and I want to talk about that, Big Doug. Get your thoughts on that. Let me just finish my performance-enhancing drug thought. Uh, on the fine folks that are listening from beautiful Luxembourg, not Luxembourg. Is Luxembourg near Germany at least? It it borders like Belgium and France and the Netherlands, mm-hmm. and it might have a border with Germany, but How I do don't. Like I'm not positive with that. Coach. How do you like that? Well, the pride and joy of Luxembourg, Frankie Schleck, one of the great Tour de France bicyclists in uh, history, really. You know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Rarely wins the big one, but Frankie Schleck is a legend there. He uh, is the latest, sadly, not the first, but the latest 
to be yanked out of the Tour de France. By the way, it is a rest day yesterday. They're back at it today. Fifteen stages down, five to go. No other radio station, folks, brings you stage-to-stage coverage of the Tour de France, like the TalkZone.com, two guys and a mic. But big dog Frankie Schluck testing positive on the rest day, and he will uh, has been eliminated from the race. He was in third place. Uh, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Now, you said they removed him from the race. You know, in uh, the Tour de France, they uh, they remove you by the – they grab you by the back of your tights and then they pull, which is not yes. comfortable for the front of your tights. Very, very uncomfortable. And uh, he's uncircumcised, so he might be from Germany because yes. they don't let – they won't let you circumcise anybody anymore in Germany. Yep. They call it body mutilation because the kid doesn't have a choice. Yeah, I've been and, reading and about that. Way, yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. But anyways, do you know why bicycling is so big in Luxembourg, Coach? I do not. Because it's one of the smallest countries in the world. You can actually bike across it in one day. Cool. Really? Mm-hmm. One Without day? Without a doubt, you'd be able to bike across Luxembourg in wow. one day, no problem. So Luxembourg, the country, smaller than New York, the city? No. Smaller than New York, say, the state? Oh, definitely. Much, much, much smaller than Luxembourg. I mean, the state is probably the size of Rhode Island. Wow is uh, the size of Luxembourg, the country. How do you get to be a country? Do you have to apply? I mean, like, who's the director of countries that decides you can be a country or not? Because you have a big, bold piece of land, and other countries around you recognize the fact that somebody else was there before, because mm-hmm. if they didn't, they countries like Germany and France would have uh, made sure that they said this was their land. Well, but how do you... Uh, all right, let's go back a step. How do you get the land? I mean, who determines? This would have happened with uh, individuals and and kings fighting over war all the way back uh, since before I can remember. Hmm. Like, France used to be the Gauls. You know, at one time, everything was owned by the Romans, and eventually the people Hmm. that lived in those particular areas fought the Romans out. And as soon as they fought the Romans out, then they fought each other to see how much land they could control. And then after that, then they set up the borders. And then, well, you've never watched any Izzard, Coach, and then with a deceptive use of flags, they took those flags and put them <laughs> in the ground, and yeah. they said, this is our country. <laughs> okay. That's, it, it's, it's the deceptive use of flags that have led to all of this, Coach. Ah. That's why the Indians lost the whole entire United States of America, because they did not have flags. Interesting. And when, and when the Puritans came here, they put down their flag, and all of a sudden, you know, the the, the uh-huh. Indians, the Native Americans, were like, "What the hell are you doing here? This is our land." And the white people were like, "Where are your flags?" And they <laughs> said, "We didn't have any." And they just put their head down and they kept walking west until eventually <laughs> they're stuck. They're stuck in Oklahoma, where you can't even you couldn't even grow a weed in Oklahoma. Oh, goodness, where's your you flags? Know, who was the who, I, who I was the to... commissioner? Bet was Roger Goodell the uh, the commission? What was the overriding body of um, trust? Was their board of trustees or? No, no, the overriding body of authority was who had gunpowder. Ah, yes, David. Uh, Luxem- Luxembourg Uh-oh. is 998 square miles, okay? That's it's only I hate square it's miles. 51 miles long and 35 miles wide. Wow. Uh, it is, out of, the, out of the 194 independent countries in the world, mm-hmm. it's 170th in size. Just you to know put what that in perspective. You know what the country is, Coach? I bet you don't get it. The but smallest it's extremely country. Easy. The smallest country in the world. I don't know. I know what it is. It's Vatican City. 
Ah, Vatican City is a country. Which is like a build, the size of a building, David, isn't it? It's not that big. I mean, Vatican City is like It's basically, yeah, St. Paul's seriously. Cathedral in the square, and that's it. Well, who determines that Vatican City, or Luxembourg for that matter, Who you know, who's the governing body that says it's a country? They have parceled out a piece of land and filed some, I don't know, some type of documents, put a flag in the middle and said, we do not follow Rome. We don't. Not, we don't follow Italian laws. Mm-hmm. We make our own laws up in this particular area. And the reason why the, the uh, Italy had no problem doing that is they didn't want to be the ones to control the Pope. So they were. They had no problem succeeding okay. the land to the Catholic Church. So that way they wouldn't have to go in and actually arrest the Pope. So they have total control over all their laws. So t- if. Like, the Italians couldn't go in and arrest the Pope for murder mm-hmm. because they're in a different country. They wouldn't have jurisdiction there. Well, the and Vatican that's exactly City? Why, that's exactly why the Italians, not because of murder, but that's exactly why the, the Italians just wanted to wash their hands with the whole Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Not wash their hands, they had nothing to do with it, just they wanted to be able to say, no, we can't do anything. Instead of saying it's the Catholic Church, people would say, but it's in your country. Well, they succeeded that land. Now the Vatican City has is their own country, and mm-hmm. now there's... So when people like start complaining that the Catholic Church is doing this, this, or that, the Italians are saying, we can't do anything. Will we so be seeing the Vatican City uh, team represented in the London Olympic Games? Uh, probably in archery. Okay, Coach? <laughs> That's about it. That's it? That's about it. That's it. I did hear uh, there's a rumor that in the win- next Winter Olympics 2014, I believe there'll be a Vatican City bobsled team. It's a rumor. But that's what I heard. There's mountains in Italy, Coach. Don't hey. think that they can't get it done. They got money. And you need money <laughs> to have a bobsled, all right? Hey, if Jamaica can produce a bobsled team, I think the Vatican City can too. 888 888-463-6748. You alluded to, um, I forgot how we got to it, but a little bit of the uh, oh, the school system. Oh, that's right, with my very poor um geographical background on how anybody can become a teacher. You made some poignant comments on the teachers. There is a um, a battle looming big dog that I would argue will be as tough, as contentious, as dramatic, as unknown in the result as any battle we're going to see on the baseball field, the upcoming football season, or in the two weeks that are the Olympic Games as the Chicago Public School Teachers Association does battle with uh, the newly reinforced city of Chicago with Rahm Emanuel as their head coach. How do you see that battle unfold? Have you followed the story a little bit? Well, when they start, uh, what's going to happen is Rahm's going to put out a deal and the teachers are going to counter offer. And Rahm's going to be like, no, you don't understand. I'm two foot tall. I have a Napoleon complex. <laughs> this is what the deal's going to be. And he's going to walk out of the room. And the teachers are going to be sitting there like, what the hell just happened? And then he's going to come back in the room. He's like, I heard that. Like I said, that's the deal I'm offering you, and I'm not changing. He's going to walk back out of the room. That is exactly what's going to happen, Coach. Watch. Now uh, he, did that, he did that. He's already done that with uh, the four groups who've lost their pension because of the previous administration. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I and I'm, you know what? There's a lot about Rahm Emanuel that kind of that ticks me off about stuff, and it's not what you might think. Okay, but I got to tell you, the more that he comes in and cracks the whip on all these different uh, government agencies, I'm yep. really happy about it. The only thing is, if, if you're Rahm Emanuel, if you're a firefighter in the city of Chicago and you're upset at Rahm Emanuel, I, I totally, completely agree with you, and I'm on your side. 
but what has happened to the firefighters' pension fund? You know, that's exactly what Rob Emanuel did, didn't he? With the whole, the four different pensions, the, the laborers, the police, the firefighters, and what was the other group of people that worked for the city of Chicago? There were four different groups. And I the don't know, but I, that is the worst. I can tell you between... Of Emanuel, because of Richard J. Daly, or M. Daly. Between him and uh, Patrick Quinn, uh, the the two of them, and, and nothing personally against firefighters or police, or any, for the most part, 90% of the workers included, but the whole pension program, Big Dog, has gotten completely, completely out of control. It's a big reason okay. the state of Illinois is in such financial trouble. So, oh, sorry no, for the okay. firemen, but something's got to no, no, be done. No, 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 hold on, hold on. Let, me, let me explain something to you here, Coach. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm with you, and it's pretty funny, is the about three weeks ago, there was a group of nine people that came out uh, to do my tour. And they're all from Chicago. And I was like, hey, what do you guys think of Rahm Emanuel? Uh, I don't know. And then I was like, well, I'm just happy that he's he's busting people that are getting pensions that they don't deserve. And everybody looked at me like the poor on their face. And I immediately go, are you guys city employees? And they all started laughing. I was like, oh, they're like, yes, we are. They all understand that these people are a garbage truck driver, no offense to these guys, and then all of a sudden they're about to retire, and a week before they retire, all of a sudden they become captains or whatever that, can they get a promotion, all of a yep. sudden instead of retiring on 2000 a month, they're retiring on 4000 a yep. month. Yep. Stuff needs to end. But I don't know if you realize this, Mayor Daly, before he left, like a couple of years, wasn't putting into the pension fund. And now, so you're talking about just a normal firefighter coach, just a normal firefighter, did his job for years, didn't do the whole... Hey, I'm gonna. I was just a sergeant. Now I'm gonna be a captain a week before I retire, so I can get more pension. They're just the normal people, the good, hardworking people. But only thirty percent of the firefighters' pension is back. That is ridiculous, Coach. And it's all because all these guys started playing with their money. They started paying out all this other stuff, but they wouldn't pay, put money in the pensions of of their employees. And out of everybody in the city of Chicago that deserves a pension. It's the Chicago firefighters, my goodness, Coach. When we're running out of burning buildings, they're running into them. And, you know, and the, you know, the city workers, where that stuff, where those those uh, raises and stuff happen all the time, which is absolutely ridiculous, mm-hmm. I mean, those people have like 78% of their pension well, back, and they're flipping out over it. But correct so, me if I'm wrong. We're, we're yeah. not talking if they should get pensions. We're talking the amount of the pension, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes, but should the firefighters only get 30% of the pension that they thought they were getting, Coach? 30%? Out of, no. Out of all the different employees in the city of Chicago, the firefighters got jacked over the worst. And out of anybody that doesn't deserve to get jacked over, it's a firefighter. These guys barely get paid anything. And when they have finally have it, when they are old enough that they live and they, they actually can live throughout their job, which is, isn't 100% guaranteed to not have get their pension, that really bothers me. It doesn't bother me as much as like somebody in the water reclamation district who does nothing and they don't get their pension. I could mm-hmm. care less. There's so many different agencies in Chicago government and everybody's government that don't do anything and get paid to sit around and and then they scheme to see mm-hmm. how many how much uh, how much larger of a pension they can get. You're 100 percent right, Coach. I couldn't agree more. We're in agreement with that. I, I just it just bothers me that the one group that deserves a pension is the one that's getting it the worst in the end. Mm-hmm. David Olson, you had a comment? Well, I mean, you talk about this, you know, uh, pension rigging and everything, like doing, you know, 
some accounting magic tricks to get a bigger pension. Mayor Daly did that on his way out the door to himself. Oh, no question. First of oh, all, yeah, 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 you're exactly right, David. Secondly, the one thing that Rahm is doing that's really got everybody up in arms, especially the teachers, is you know he's going after he's going after like the teachers and the firemen and the policemen, and he's doing nothing to the administrators and the school board members and the and the you know and the principals. And all those, I mean, he's doing, he's trying to fix everything on the backs of the workers and not the administrators. You sure and about that? I thought, yes, I thought there was yes. a significant axing of middle management in the schools, no? No. Okay. No. That, that's disappointing, David. It's really disappointing. That, I know an independent. My, my, my brother-in-law is a teacher in the CPS, yeah. so I get an earful on this all the time. Yeah. So. Well, I got, you know, I got a couple buddies who work for the Chicago Public Schools. So I don't know your brother-in-law. But I can just tell you they're not exactly objective necessarily when they state their opinions and the information that they get. So you got to research that a little bit more. That doesn't sound very ROM-like. They just had an independent arbiter look at the whole case. And again, Big Dog, you know, from a sports standpoint, this is going to be a, you know a, a tremendous. It's sad that the education of kids is at stake because there's actually going to be some entertainment value here. It's a, it's an unbelievable battle coming up between the teachers. And uh, Rahm Emanuel and the city, but the independent arbiter came out after looking at it for four or five days. He said both sides, both sides are uh, you know pitiful and shameful in their lack of willingness to compromise. So he fired on the teachers' association, fired on Rahm Emanuel, and uh, I might be I don't know I, I don't know if there's an independent arbiter license, but my next career move, big dog, I may become an independent arbiter. What do you think? As long as it has to do with uh, the city of Chicago's uh, like mm. pay and all that other stuff, I think you'd be able. Because since everybody is a Democrat, I, I think you could stay, remain objective. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not particular. Anybody, company, social group, book club. You need an independent arbiter. I'm going to be there for I, you. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think you'd be good at that because you don't. You think people should have a cap on how much money they should make. Yes. So, I don't think you'd be good as an wow. independent arbiter. Wow. Quite the contrary. I think that, that's, that's a reason. Object, that's not objective at all. That is, goes the exact opposite of objectivism. Mm-hmm. You well, want to put a be. moratorium on, on people's earnings. For the right, on, for the right on amount of money. Do with their lives. So since you feel that way, mm-hmm. you could not be an independent arbiter. Well, you know, for a particular price, I could, I could swing my vote, shall we say. No, that's typical. See, already I'm qualified to become an independent arbiter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a consult. You know, people that lose their jobs. Hey, what are you doing now, man? Oh, I'm doing a little consulting. How do you become a consultant? If anybody yeah, out there no, knows, huh? No doubt, Coach. I before I, before Anderson Consulting. I forget what it is now. It's something new. But remember when Anderson Consulting was doing all that? Under, like they yep. got busted for doing much stuff. I mm-hmm. remember in like 1997, there was this real gorgeous girl that I was dating. And she was she was one of the dumbest people I've ever dated. Okay, which is that's a bold <laughs> statement, all right? Yeah. And she worked for Anderson Consulting. Well, we're going to go in there and clean up their business. I'm like, yeah. you? What the hell did you know? <laughs> you're a 22 year old chick. Well, all you care about is what shoes you're wearing, and you're going to tell yep. somebody how to run their business better. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like some guy a lot that's of money wasted years. over the years with consultants. No doubt oh, about my, it. Oh my. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Every <laughs> consultant that I knew. Yep. I knew more about life than they did. I'm not, and I'm not a smart man whatsoever. I'm an idiot, Coach. And yet mm-hmm. every single consultant I ever knew, all consultants do, Coach, is they know how to rub people the right way and spend other people's money. Yeah. And write 
good reports, when I say good report, right reports that sound like they've done some research, but when you break it down, really doesn't have much meat and potatoes on the inside. I, I couldn't agree more. If you would have known this girl, she could have convinced you that she was yep. brilliant when you first met her on the first impression. By the second time, you'd be like, oh, you basically said the same thing the first time, and it's all an act for you. I mean, seriously, that's, mm-hmm. and if you're a consultant out there, all i got to say is good for you because you have convinced somebody that they need your help, and let's face it, how much have you ever helped anybody? If you're mm-hmm. if you're a consultant, I want an actual, call us up. What's our number again, Coach? 888-463-6748. I want somebody to actually call up and say, as a consulting firm, we actually came in and saved somebody hundreds of millions yeah, of dollars. Right. And 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 the whole the whole plan was that oh okay, uh why don't you just uh fire fifteen thousand people? Yep. You know what I mean? There's something like that. I just I just found a book movie. shorter, a pamphlet shorter than great Jewish sports athletes. That's business businesses that have been turned around by great consulting firms. <laughs> yeah. Well, at any rate, now, Big Dog, I think you would join me if anybody out there is looking for an independent arbiter. I will be getting my independent arbiter license over my uh, semi-extended vacation the next couple of weeks. And if you are the neat or you know somebody that needs an independent arbiter, myself or the Big Dog are available. Very, very reasonable prices. Thank you very much. Okay, how could... Uh, how could two people be an independent arbiter? Well, they won't hire us both, but one or the other. You know, okay. if the workload gets too much for me, I'm happy to pass it on to my fellow independent arbiter, Mr. Joel Redwanski. Is that that's like calling us the Lone Rangers? <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. Back to Chicago Cub baseball, real quick, and then I want to get to the White Sox. The Cubs lose nine to five. Anthony Rizzo, a couple of more hits, and. Uh, uh, what was it, Jim Bellucci yesterday doing the seventh inning? And I think today it's Will Farrell and Zach Greffianolis. Galifianakis. God bless you. The oh, two, the two of them. Those two are freaking hysterical, Coach. By the way, Zach's getting married. You see that? Yeah, very. You know, he, he, have you, have you seen the not com- a famous comedian? There's no possible way a woman would even touch him. And I'll guarantee whoever he's marrying <laughs> is strikingly beautiful. She's tall, blonde, and I. The the one picture I saw there was a combination between strikingly beautiful, and like scary, over make up, well preserved. It was kind of in between. So it's Paris Hilton. No, not not that attractive. Yes, David. Oh, the commercial. Have you seen the commercials for their movie? No. Oh my Hilarious. god. The camp. What is it? Campaign. Yeah, the campaign. <laughs> the campaign. <laughs> You know, um, Will Ferrell's like the, the, you know, the slick politician with the hair. You know, he, he's a Mitt Romney type, and okay. he's like the incumbent. Perfect. And Galifianakis is like a Tea Party grassroots type guy <laughs> with just like fire and brimstone. Oh, and conspiracy. this is going to be good. It looks hysterical. That's going to be good. That's going to be good. Obviously, well timed to to be released right in the middle of the campaign. Oh, that's solid. That's yeah, and I believe it's I believe it's Adam McKay, who uh, Will Ferrell does all his movies with, you know, okay. from Anchorman to uh, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, and all his successful movies have been done with this. Normally, director. Big Dog, I will wait until a movie comes out, uh, you know, uh, on regular free TV, especially a movie like that. But that one, I might have to go big screen and catch right in the middle of the campaign. That's solid. But, but, I, I don't know when the last time I actually went out and saw a movie. Yeah, likewise. 
Uh, I, I honestly don't. I don't really. Oh, no, it was last night. It was actually last <laughs> night. Never mind. Uh, for me, I could be nearing the one-year mark, maybe even more. Well, before that, more. it was like I, I saw one movie with Lily Wu, and then literally, oh, no, I, never mind. I, I went to a bunch of movies last year, but I, I went to like a five-year period where I didn't even, maybe a 10-year period where I went to like one movie yeah. or three movies. They were all the Star Wars movies, and that's the only movies I saw for like a decade. Uh-huh. Three Stooges, by the way, one of the movies I wanted to see because I'm a huge, huge, huge Three Stooges fan. The Three Stooges movie is now on uh, on demand, so I need to partake in a little surveillance of that particular movie. You know what? I've heard I heard uh, somebody, one of my buddies, talk about that. He was like, it was really funny because I knew it wasn't going to be as funny as the original, and uh-huh. I just went out there to have a good time, and I yep. watched it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yep. So, like, that's the way you got to watch that movie. Mm-hmm. If you go in there. Like, and then you come out complaining, it wasn't as good as the real one. No crap, Sherlock. No crap. <laughs> it's like, to get upset that it's not as good as the original yeah. when it's the Three Stooges would be pretty moronic. Though. I could not agree with that sentiment more. You're, that's exactly right. I, and friends of mine that have seen it said the exact same thing, that it's actually pretty good. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad they have, like, some sense yeah. to, like, separate. The, you know, the, sometimes, you know, like, I don't know. You, you, you feel my sentiment. Yep, yep. Oh, by the way, on the Cubs front, I meant to mention this to you, and I want to lead into a little pub for our women's professional football team that is playing for the uh, conference championship and the right to get to the Super Bowl this Saturday. Big dog at Evanston High School, the Chicago Force. But uh, I was announcing the Force quarterfinal game, semifinals, if you will, the conference championship, and uh, we had up in the booth with us. She did the coin flip, and they gave me about, 20 seconds of pre-preparation for this, but I got to meet and interview Laura Ricketts. Oh, very good, very good. Quality, quality, quality human being. You know what? Uh, uh, The Ricketts family has taken a bunch of crap over the last uh, couple of years. Not for me. I have not ripped them once on this airwaves. There's actually a face to the Chicago Cubs organization, and they actually said, hey, we have a plan and we're sticking to it, and we don't care if any of you like it. And you know what? I do like their plan. Their plan is this. We want to win the World Series, and we realize you don't snap your fingers, close your eyes, and wake up and be like, oh, are we going to win a World Series? No, you have to put a plan together and say it's going to take us a couple of years. We're going to get it done. And, and you know what, Coach? I'm glad she was. you liked her as a first impression. I was talking to some guy, one of my buddies, the Detroit Tiger fan, says when they went to the Cubs-Tigers game, uh, Ricketts ended up sitting right next to him at the game, and the whole time they were talking baseball. Mm-hmm. And and at the end, he was like, uh, I hope you come to Cub games when you're not wearing your Tiger hat. Shook his hat, bought him a, shook, cool. bought him a beer, and left. Very cool. You know what I mean? So yep. like, even Tom Ricketts was sitting there yep. talking baseball with a Tiger fan in in Wrigley Field, having a good time with a guy. He was like, I'm a Cub fan now, Joel. Mm-hmm. He's like, after that, if they're not playing the Tigers, I'm rooting for the Cubs. Just how cool Tom Ricketts treated me during the game. Excellent. Excellent. Makes so, it a lot easier to root for a team. When the owners uh, not only are nice guys, but actually, and I know they're extremely wealthy and stuff, but to some level, people you can relate to. I mean, they're they they seem like normal people. Yeah, when I hear people, why why ain't the Cubs spending money? Because they're more than one or five players away from winning the World Series. Okay, they're about fifteen, and some tells me when they're a player or two away, they will spend the money. They will, mm-hmm. okay? They will really, truly want to be the family that brings a World Series title to the city of Chicago. I, 
I can feel it in my gut, Coach, mm-hmm. that they really want that to happen. So Beautiful. Beautiful. Dog and the coach with you for the uh, final time. Big Dog will be doing some shows on his own. We're hoping to get some co-hosts in. I'll be going for uh, through next week. So uh, final show here for the dog and the coach um, for at least a, a temporary period of time. 888-463-6748, our phone number. If you want to check in, talk sports or more, um, feel free to do so. Phone lines are open again, 888 One event that I will miss, Big Dog because I'm going to be on the road, a lot of driving, 18-hour trip to North Carolina, back and forth. Thank you very much. The British Open coming up this weekend. It's my favorite, favorite golf tournament. I'll probably miss it completely, but it is the 141st running of the British Open. If memory serves me correct, it holds a special place in your uh, lower Netherlands as well. Yeah, I, I like it just as much as the Masters. Uh, yeah. There's just something about the courses that they choose. Over there in England and Scotland, uh, do you know which which course that they're going? Yes. For, uh, which one is it? I will tell you in a second. Is it the Royal Birkdale? Yeah, and I hope it rains. It's the Royal Lytham and St. Anne's Golf Club. I never heard of that one, Coach, before. When was the last time they actually had the British Open there? Because I don't remember that course. I think the last British Open was held in Kansas City, if memory serves me correct. Okay. That's I just don't ever remember them even having uh, the British Open there. Normally, it's only like four or five courses. Like, obviously, St. Andrews and Royal Birkdale are the two most famous ones, and St. Mm-hmm. Andrews is the, the most famous. And then there's a couple. I don't remember the St. Andrews one. Yep. Uh, you know what? I can't remember. I, I sort of remember St. Andrews. Royal Lytham doesn't ring a bell, but the St. Andrews does. Okay. But that I, might... I, that, that's cool, though. So, you know, is it a Lynx course, or is it uh Excellent, excellent question, and I appreciate your knowledge of it, and the answer, I believe, is yes. Okay. Next question. Uh, I just hope it's extremely windy. <laughs> and rainy. you got to have a little bit of rain and fog at the British Open to add to that full effect. Yeah, right? no question. No yeah. question. Yeah. All right. Pretty cool. We'll see Tiger Woods. Uh, well, he's won three tournaments so far, no majors, so we'll see. By the way, you didn't happen to catch any of the John Deere Classic last week, the finish of that? Uh, no coach on Sunday. I was big pimping on the river. Uh, you were who? Big pimping on the oh, river. Big pimping on the river. Mm-hmm. I hope uh, any of our new listeners that might be tuning in for the first time, uh, not aware of what Joel does or his somewhat dilapidated sense of humor, I'm a little worried. But for our regular listeners, I think they're all good with that. Yeah, that's, that's quite all right, coach. Yeah, but it, uh, Zach Johnson leading and the, the, uh, it was pretty hilarious too because he's on the, 18th green, I think, with a two-stroke lead. And they're talking about the story of Zach and how he's never won this tournament and it holds a special place to him. I think he grew up near that particular place in Illinois, the John Deere. They're, you know, they're doing the whole storyline thing. And while they're doing that, the hole behind him, Troy Masterson hits a 65-foot eagle putt to tie it up. So while wow. Zach is about to knock in his par putt, for the most part, in all likelihood, to wrap up the tournament, they're doing the whole nice thing. They quickly flip it away, and they show, I think it was a replay. They didn't even show a live. 65-foot putt by Troy Masterson. He tied it up. The two of them go in a sudden death on the 18th hole, big dog. <laughs> Both of them double bogey. It was hilarious. Into that's, extra innings at one. Both of yeah, uh Masterson goes in the water. All Zach Johnson has to do is, you know, just... 
Doesn't have to get a birdie, just knock it straight, even a bogey. Oh, well, the, hold on. The last time a Masterson went in the water was Susan Masterson in the mid-'80s, and her husband was acquitted of the murder. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm sure the it's announcer true, would have... It's true. Remember that? Yes. Sort of. Okay, sorry. That's not a good joke, I sort guess. Of. I'm sorry. Yeah. Too but soon. then it was a weird tournament because they... they uh, they tied. They both double bogeyed the 18th. Zach Johnson totally choked. He splashed his ball also. So in this tournament, they just keep, they went back to the 18th again. I've never heard of a tournament do that. Have you? Where you keep playing 18 only until it's sudden death. Oh, no, yeah. It's usually you go to a different hole. Yes. And, and in some tournaments, they like make you go like a, a par three, a par four, yep. a par five, yep. a par three, a par four, a par three. You know, there, I've never heard just the same hole yep. over and over again. That's what they were going to do over and over. Anyhow, uh, Zach Johnson hits uh, his drive into the sand and then hits maybe one of the greatest clutch shots I've ever seen from the sand a distance away, literally, to one foot away from the cup. So he went Please from... Please he, he sunk it. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Anyhow, British Open this weekend, so we don't want to forget about that. NBA news and notes, Big Dog, the rumor out there is your Los Angeles Lakers that they already picked up Stevie Nash. They're trying I kid when I say that, of course, trying to put together a powerhouse. The rumors now, and I'm tired of the rumors, but I'll throw it out there anyways, Dwight Howard going to become a Los Angeles Laker. What do you think about that, Mel Allen? Uh, the, the, the Magic aren't going to pull that trigger. They wouldn't pull it where all those other deals. Why would they pull it for the Lakers? The Lakers have traded away all their draft picks for Steve Nash. Well, so They're not going to take Andrew Bynum straight up for Dwight Howard. Well, not straight up, but I think you answered your own question. By trading Dwight Howard and getting rid of the trouble, they're now getting the next best true low post scoring center in the NBA, and they'll get more obviously than just Bynum. So maybe I don't they know will. what else the Lakers have. Are they going to give him Gasol also? I think they're giving him the rights to Elgin Baylor's next four draft choices. That isn't going to do it. Just let you know, the Lakers traded four draft picks for Steve Nash. They don't have any draft picks to, ah, to trade for White House. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. Interesting. They don't have anything besides Andrew Bynum. Okay. The Magic aren't going to pull the trigger on that, Coach, okay. is, is my point. So all these rumors are just rumors. I'm so glad I'm not watching television or I have to listen to Stephen A. Smith. They, uh, now that I don't watch ESPN anymore, I realize why I'm so much happy to have to listen to Stephen mm-hmm. A. Smith yap about a bunch of stuff that he has no idea what he's talking about. Stephen A. was on a roll this morning. I wasn't even listening to what he was talking about, but my son has become a big Stephen A. ESPN of the morning fan, and uh, and he's cracking up. He was laughing for about five minutes straight. It was Stephen A. He, I don't know what he was talking about, but he was on a vintage roll. I, I will tell you this. When he does talk basketball, he knows what he's talking about. He's just, he's just racist. and I mean, if you're a European player, he hates you. Yeah. If you're white, he makes fun of you. Uh, but if he talks to anything else that isn't basketball, he's horrible. When you hear him talk football, I'm like, are you sitting? The guy's a freaking moron. I mean, like, every time he talks football, I'm like, this guy has a job at ESPN, and I, and I, it bothers me a little bit. I'm going to assume that you were not a big fan of the Stephen A, uh, Stephen A. Smith talk show, where he tried to do somewhat of a variety show. Who could forget the interview with Ann Hathaway? Great stuff. You do remember? Did they pass away the redheaded chick? No, no, quite the opposite. Dark haired. She's the new Catwoman. Uh, I don't even think she's that attractive, really. But I don't know what other movies she's been in. She was in uh, one with uh, was, Jake Gyllenhaal. Was she the the host of the Academy Awards one year? Yes, 
Yes, that brutal you know, combination of Anne Hathaway and who was the young guy, Franco. And James and then, Franco. Yeah, and James Franco tried to cut his arm off during the during Well, the he, I got news for you. He wasn't any better. That's the point is he tried to cut his arm off yes. during the whole ceremony. Okay. So at least he knew it was bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anne Hathaway, who tried to be Miss Cheery and Peppy. Yeah, she's, she is a little bit annoying. But at any rate, how did we get on to Anne Hathaway? I don't know. There's oh, one Stephen A. On. Smith. Stephen A. Smith. You are aware that Stephen A. had a uh, his own talk show for a while. No, I was not aware of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sports. It was not a variety show. But, uh, yeah, he had his own sports show. It was a one-hour, whatever it was, once a week, but uh, did not exactly succeed. My son did. You know, all I were, Coach, I was in New York in 2006 for Stump the Schwab, and I was walking down the street, and some woman came up to me. She's like, hey, you look like a sports fan. And I'm like, yeah, she's like, do you want to be on an ESPN show? And I was like, I just was. And she was like, oh, get out of here. I'm like, no, I was just on Stump the Schwab. She said, do you want to be in the audience for Stephen A. Smith? I'm like, hell no. And started laughing and walked away. I'm like, really, you want me to sit in a studio while I'm in New York just to be on the Stephen A. Smith show? And they're like, we're giving away $50 a person. I'm like, it's not worth it. <laughs> I mean, I'd like sit in there for a couple hours instead of walk the streets of New York. No, yeah. thank you. That's funny you brought that up, Coach. Seriously, I was asked to be... In Stephen A. Smith's audience, I'm, I would have never thought of that again until you, you, you said that. So I'm probably, glad you brought that up. Thank you very much. Probably begging for people to yeah, sit they in were. the audience. They, yeah. they, were, they were handing $50 out to people to just wow. sit in the audience. Wow. I actually enjoy the guy in very short snippets, but um, interesting. And I'm glad, I'm glad you were on Stump the Schwab, by the way, the trivia show, because many of our listeners, I know when you first went out there, they thought you were on another show on another channel called Schwab Stump. So I'm glad you went the trivia sports trivia route because the other way might not have been pretty. But Schwab the Stumpy, yeah, that does not sound like uh, something I'd want to do. No, no, you made the between the two. Believe me, you made the right choice. <laughs> All right, dog. Uh, any? Uh, I'm heading to the southeast road trip. Little road trip to the southeast with the family, and then the family meets up with the wife's family. Seventeen strong. There are a number of personality, I won't say conflicts, but potential conflicts, already tension via the emails as to who's bringing what and who's bringing a dog and this person's allergic. Any suggestions for surviving the road trip and the wife's rather large family? Jack Daniels. (laughs) Any others? Uh, Johnny Walker. (laughs) There's, There's a theme to these suggestions. Yeah, Jose Cuervo. All right. Jim Bean. And some dude named Sobieski. <laughs> that's it, huh? Yes, that's about it. All right. All right. I, I just figure even though it's a big house, there's plenty of room. I can always, like, take a walk, bring a chair, read a book. Exit stage. Either or, up. Coach. All sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. You want to come? Uh, I would love to, but I'm running a kayak company right now, and it'd be kind of impossible. Ah, oh, the bus. By the way, by the way David Olson, I, I want to thank David Olson again for at least attempting to come out and kayak. Of course, he picked a day that there were thunderstorms. Uh, so, so you going to go today? So far, only, only one of my friends who do not live in the city, but my friends in the city come out every single week, and they come out, they're like, that was freaking amazing, and they give me like 50 bucks in front of people, and then I make more tips. But still, I, well, no, I'm go- and I'm only- gonna come back out, but I'm kind of being held hostage by the baby here. 
I, I completely you know, understand it's like it. it'd be my luck. I'd be out on the river free, and then I get the phone call. And not <laughs> yeah, only do I got to not only do I got to paddle back to the dock, and then I got to drive to the suburbs, and then drive from Park Ridge to Arlington yeah. Heights. So I know I actually thought about last like last week when you were when you were worried about when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? I was going to say, why don't you just come out on the river? Because then that will induce the baby. That's usually that's usually what happens. <laughs> there you so, go. So no, say, sometime between now and Labor Day, I will be out there on the river with you. That, that's why I just wanted to, to preface that because I didn't want to act like I'm ripping on you. But to this point, because some of my oh dude, I didn't know you were running a kayak, whatever. But one only TJ of my suburban friends have come out of the state. Now there's people that live in the city that I, I haven't seen in 15 years. So hey, can I have a free kayak trip? Okay, come on, go out here. But uh, I just thought it was kind of funny. I, I'm actually get, I gave out a, a free kayak trip to a girl and her daughter yesterday, so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Now you mentioned you're the the boss. Are you um, the boss out of town now? Are you actually in charge? Like, okay, I don't know if you paid it. I know you don't listen, Coach, because you've said some absolutely asinine things to me over the last couple of years. But Thank you very I, much. You haven't you haven't figured out that I'm running the company yet. Well, uh, no, no, I don't Don, recall Don, you. Don I don't Don recall you saying it. Charlie was on. Donnie, Donnie does all the all the scheduling. Like, yes, you can come out on the seven o'clock tour. I'm the one in charge of a bunch of college kids who, quite honestly, smell okay. of burning rope. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, joking. Smells burning rope. Never paddle a kayak under the influence, big dog. Uh, good luck with the shows. The ones that you can do, my friend. That's, here's the problem, Coach. I don't like doing the show solo when I'm on the phone, and I have, literally have tours every hey, single day for the next not like, a problem. two weeks. Take, take care of your uh, regular business first, and we will, uh, we'll somehow survive. Okay, sounds good. And I will miss you, Coach. I'll talk to you next Monday. All right, Big Dog. Be good. I shall. I'll be great. Be good. All right. Big Dog and the Coach separated for a while. We'll be back probably Tuesday, July 31st. But tune in, folks. We'll have some entertaining stuff here. David Olson again. And wife, best of luck with the new baby coming. It better be born when I come back. Have a great day, everybody.